Welcome to 103.1, The Wine Vine. I'm Stephanie, your host, or whatever, joined by my co-host, whose name is... Carol the Cork. <laughs> I'm porous. I serve some function, I guess. Porous. But... Well, why don't you pour for us and get me another Pinot, Carol? <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty dry. It's pretty brute. <laughs> I like dry humor. I like humor like I like my wine. Dry. I'm just glad we finally have a platform to talk about something that's meaningful to me. Yes, we need more selfies in the world. Honestly, the other day, I <laughs> saw Travis, and he's clearly gotten over me. And You're I've not supposed to him. talk about him. We agreed. I'm over him, so... <laughs> <laughs> What's this called? The Wine Valley? Uh, the Wine Vine. The Wine Vine. It's a vineyard vibe. I... About mm, 18 <laughs> months ago, you, me, and Brittany were eating at a, an Italian restaurant in North Carolina, and we are waiting for a table. Wait five minutes. We sit down. There is... <laughs> remember this? The wine cellar. There, yeah. There's like a... Uh, on the wall, there's like a, a, a picture of a magazine or like yeah. the front page of a magazine framed, and it says... It was award-winning. Yeah. Celery. Yeah, award-winning wine cellar, top yeah. ten in in you know, America. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> you just go. <laughs> I subscribe to Wine Celery Magazine. It's a magazine about which wines pair good with which celeries. <laughs> Not a lot of uh, subscribers yet. <laughs> that got you. I remember that was the I was like throwing out dad humor while waiting for a table at a restaurant, and you were you thought that was the funniest thing. I still eat it up. I eat it up so much. Right I was now. on like, I was flying just D string that night. I was oh, like just... so hungry. Max weight. It's like a 40 minute wait. <laughs> it was like five minutes. It was a very reasonable wait. I felt like 40. This is not 1031. This is not the wine vine. I am not Stephanie. My name is Colin. This is my buddy Ryan. And as Ryan just said, this is barred to death. <laughs> Death is a podcast that's all about stories. Ryan and I take turns being the bard, fancy word for storyteller, trading stories um, about life. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're sad, sometimes they're somewhere in between. Uh, tonight, Ryan is our bard. Ryan's got a story for us. I have not heard this story. I don't know anything about this story. I will be participating as a listener with you, the audience. Uh, Ryan, anything we need to know before we get going? I survive this story. That's what you should all know. You survive. I know there will be, mom there will the be moments in the story when you wish I hadn't, when you <laughs> think this is when we get rid of him, but no, I live. The Survivor theme song kicks in. <laughs> all right. My buddy, my bard, Ryan, take it away. Mm. So I have not had a ton of near-death experiences in my life. Maybe... Three or four, pretty, like pretty close calls. Some of them in retrospect, you're like, oh, that was a close call. But this was probably the first one as like, as like a young adult. Um, I was an adolescent, but, but like I was, you know, I was 16 in this story. So mm -hmm. I'm starting to be in charge of my own life, make my own decisions. 
and this one was a close call. So the year is 2006, and I went on vacation with my childhood best bud, Zach, and his family. We went to uh, a little town called Santa Cruz, California, mm-hmm. um, which means Saint Santa Cruz, I think, in English. So uh, we spent a week there. We basically rented a, like a beach house. It's, it's a picturesque coastal California town. It's a little south of San Francisco, I believe. Um, so kind of cool nights, warm days, cliffs, um, beautiful beaches, huge waves, a lot of surfers, a big pier. Uh, what you think of when you think of California summer? Mm. And so we're there for a week. And we, this is really like simpler times. We're just like, we spent this uh, week, you know, like watching baseball. We are biking all over the town and the city. I kid you not. We like found a blockbuster that was shutting down. Oh Oh, my gosh. We've referenced this dream before. (laughs) There was just a few years where this, these were happening all over the country and there were, oh, when you knew, when you found one, you knew you had had a gold mine. (laughs) Where like a business model was imploding and millennials everywhere were just stoked. <laughs> <laughs> we're just running to it to get discounted DVDs and Blu-rays. Behind the counter, there's just people whose lives are seriously adversely affected. <laughs> and we're like, I don't know if I should get, he's just not that into you. Yeah. I'm into it. But. I'm not really, I'm going to get snakes on a plane because it's $2. Do I like it? No, but I'm going to watch it at times. <laughs> um, I remember we got, walk the line we watched it and i this was the first time i encountered this immediately after zach goes let's watch it again and i'd never encountered like the double feature oh man well usually it's two different movies no he was like we need to watch walk the line twice in a row which was gosh in my dna i was like i I guess it was growing up catholic i was like no no no, we need need to save it we can't we must save we must wait you did that once with meru and i'd actually never seen someone do that you were the first person i saw do that well we have zach to credit or blame i'm not sure but (laughs) um magical times and basically santa cruz has these things called natural bridges which are these majestic looking like rock formations off the coast it looks like something you would find in the Utah desert. Like when you think of the Utah natural bridges, um, it's that, but in the ocean. And so it has this rocky coast that also has nice beaches, um, mm-hmm. but they're kind of uh, you know juxtaposed right next to each other. And so it's this really unique kind of beach setting. Water's pretty frigid, but swimmable, you know, kind of like the Pacific Ocean. Um once you get in it, it, you get used to it, but it's pretty cold at first. So Zach and I would kind of spend our days swimming in the ocean next to these just majestic natural bridges. Google it if you can. Um, I think one collapsed recently due to a storm. Oh, wow. Kind of, they're kind of precarious. It almost looks like the Arch de Triomphe in Paris, that thing, but just made out of rocks in the ocean. It's really cool. Mm. So we are swimming in the ocean during the days and we're 16 years old we're boys we're adventurous now not that supervised and so one day we're in the ocean and we get the idea to go down the beach and 
we basically, this would take us away from the beach. And basically, if you kind of swim in the water, you can just swim down this like rocky coast um, away from the people. And the water's pretty chill. It's pretty tame. It's not too crazy. And what really encourages us to do it is that even though you're swimming away from the beach and all the people, there's still anywhere from, I don't know, five to 10 feet of sand that leads up against this, these, you know, these cliffs, which are anywhere from Hmm. 50 to a hundred feet tall. So we, you know, we still have some runway if we need to get out of the water. But there's mm-hmm. certainly not any people here. And also, every, I don't know, 50 yards or so, there are these like, these like jetties, these like natural, not what you think of jetties when you think of you know, things that people walk on, but these kind of naturally formed groups of rocks that jut out. So basically, we mm-hmm. are swimming to periodic points where we can get out of the water and then kind of stand on these rocks and then jump back in and keep swimming further down the coast. This sounds like the plot of the beach with DiCaprio. <laughs> like you're just going to find this island that's going to be really majestic, but also really dangerous. And uh, it's totally different. So, okay. <laughs> so Tilda Swinton is there. She's leading us along. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. So the point being, we're, we're kind of like our, our journey down this coast is basically we swim for a few minutes in the water and the waves and we can't stand in the water and then we'll reach these rocks and stand up on them and then keep swimming. Hmm. So we probably do this through like four or five cycles. So now we've been going for about 30 to 40 minutes down the coast and we're now, I don't know half a mile away from any sort of people. And again, we're always kind of comforted by the idea that we can walk, you know, approach the cliffs and kind of stand on like the five foot of sand there as kind of like a last resort. Mm -hmm. And so we get there and then we get to one of these jetties and take a break. And then we turn back and all of a sudden, just kind of the mood has started to shift. Uh, the water seems to be a little more turbulent. The day seems to be a little grayer. The sun has kind of waned. Um, There's a crow flying right above your head. <laughs> just crow, crows, you know, don't really hang out near the coast, but all of a sudden there's one. A murder of crows. <laughs> <laughs> and... We start to become like a little intimidated by the water, by the prospect of jumping in and continuing to swim. And all of a sudden we look at the five foot of sand that kind of buffers between the water and the cliffs and it's gone. It's gone. Oh, the tide. And the tide has, we we weren't really thinking (laughs) along the lines of tides at any point here. It is a weird, it is a weird phenomenon like the the pull of the moon like changes the layout of the beach i mean it's kind of trippy to think about right you don't really think about that on a beach day but yeah it happens like what morning and evening yeah it's the worst yeah several times a day neil armstrong should have fixed that when he went up there not sure what he did (laughs) just kidding it was fake um so so you're on the you're on one of these little beaches like it's it, as it started to get turbulent, you exit the ocean, so you're safe, and then you realize like, oh, there's not that much sand anymore. Like it's just yeah, yeah. And so all we, of may, a sudden, we may not have safety. The five foot of sand is now gone, and we're stand <laughs> we're standing in water. Oh, with a cliff so, in your back. 
Yeah, and so it's rising, and so we kind of bail on the sand part and and kind of swim to one of those natural rock jetties. Mm. And so now we're a little more out of the water, but that too is starting to rise. And I mean, it had to be around four or five o'clock. Like any idiot knows that around four or five o'clock, not only do people start leaving the beach, but they start leaving the beach because the tide starts to rise again. Mm. And we still don't, it's not like we're sitting there saying, oh, the tide is rising. Like, we're just like, <laughs> dude, this sand not is that trippy. <laughs> and we're just like, what is happening? Yeah. And we're basically at this point stranded on one of these jetties. Now, how, I can't remember what. I, yeah, sorry. I, how far? How far from civilization? From, from your starting point? Can you see well, them? No. Oh. I would guess about half a mile, but. Distance is almost irrelevant because the idea of going 10 feet in this water is now super intimidating because it's just so much. There's no margin of error. There's so much more turbulent. The tide could potentially pull you out or, or crash you up against the cliffs. Now, like if the wave catches you, you're going not into sand, you're going into rock. Describe the turbulence. Take me in a little bit more. Um, like, like there's, it's what, like there's, it's wavy, like, Oh yeah. Foamy. Yeah. You know, the waves are crashing around you now. Spin drift. Just the, the white caps are going off. It, it'd be like, here's the closest, I guess I can kind mm-hmm. of draw as an analogy. It'd be like if you stood above a wave pool, like it's Splashdown. Oh gosh. <laughs> and the wave pool was half filled. Okay. And then in about five to 10 minutes, it became completely filled to the brim. Wow. Yeah. I'd be freaked and out. And, the waves have now, I mean, the sheer force of them have increased exponentially. Okay. In a so, brief matter of time. Yeah. Whereas before the waves were kind of crashing around in like a box. Now they're overflowing the box every time there's mm-hmm. a big wave. And so we're probably half a mile from civilization, but the idea of even going to, you know, jump in the water to swim mm-hmm. to one of those more, one other jetty now seems almost unfathomable. And you can still see the jetties. Yeah, we can see the next one. I mean, they're not that mm-hmm. far; they're separate, maybe fifty yards, so a couple lengths of a pool. But yeah, again, but and, and the tide hasn't covered the jetties, but there's there's less room now. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Whereas, whereas before you would like climb up on the jetties, maybe they were seven, eight. Okay, feet. okay. Now you're swimming onto them. So <laughs> oh gosh, there's like three feet left. Yeah, and I can't remember which one of us, but one of us becomes convinced that if we can just swim to the previous jetty, uh-huh. like then it'll be okay. Like from there, it'll be easier. Like the tide, I guess, has only the way, because the cliff, the cliffs like bend along the coast. Like, so if we can just get to the one we were just on, then we'll be fine. It'll be more chill, be more tame, and we can make our way back to the civilization beach. Mm-hmm. And so we're seriously flirting with this idea of like jumping in and swimming. And man, <laughs> one of us we have hats on oddly enough what oh we have yeah we have hats on because like i can't i mean get, that's kind of like a good litmus test for how chill it was before. okay okay like we were swimming but we we're it was mostly almost recreational and hmm. i remember one of us throws our hat in the water to like i guess judge like <laughs> What would happen if we jumped in? A shark just swallows it. <laughs> so you throw your hat down. What happens to it? The hat 
it sits there for like three seconds and we're like, yeah, I think we'll, we can bob in the water like that. And then it doesn't even look like a wave took it, just like a force took it and it just goes straight out to sea. The hat oh, could not be more gone. <laughs> so gone. And so that was a, a nice slipness test for saying, hey, the water will, will definitely take us. We will die. Yeah. And so at one point, we also float the idea of jumping in the water, like drifting out past the jetties into the ocean and then just swimming back like a hundred yards offshore. Yeah. And just stay on the cliff line. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Cold sharks tied i mean talk to me about california water here i've actually never been uh, to california because oh. in some parts you can't swim right you have to wear a wetsuit are you guys is santa it, cruz the, is pretty much one of those places okay <laughs> like if you were going to be on the ocean surfing for an extended period of time you should wear a wetsuit and the surfers do how cold is the water then i I'm, i guess you're not in a wetsuit is what i take it no it's summer so it's not as cold as it could be but you can feel like, it yeah, it's definitely uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's not going to get any better at night. No, and, and Santa Cruz is in Northern California. It's not okay. in Southern. So I don't know temperature-wise, but it, it definitely is uncomfortable. It's, it's to the point where you could get adjusted, but I wouldn't stay in for mm-hmm. like hours. Could you, did the thought ever cross your mind in this moment that you're going to spend the night out here? Like could, like, could we, if we have to, stay on this jetty until sunrise when the tide goes nah. down? Nah. I, we... After the hat scenario, we seriously thought about drifting out into the ocean and then just swimming. <laughs> like we were like, well, we won't get banged up on the rocks. But oh, I think that would, would have been a worse idea. That's terrifying. So we're basically standing here and it, the mood has now pretty much totally shifted where <laughs> we're now kind of at this like zig or zag moment because we know, mm-hmm. we, well, we don't think we can stay on the jetties because we think the water's going to come. Mm-hmm. And overcome the jetties. So we're starting to really think, okay, well, if we can't get in the water and we can't stay on the rocks, there's only one way out of here. <laughs> and we look up the cliffs. Oh, get out. That, that's so, not the one way I thought. Of. I'm like, yeah, the what, one way is the ocean. You're going to climb a cliff without a hat on, <laughs> sir? What would it had to? <laughs> That's the joke. Um, oh. <laughs> what would it had to? Zach's down a hat. <laughs> you made him throw his in. You try it. Oh my God. You're just going to free climb, just free solo this thing? No shoes? Are you so surprised? <laughs> no shoes, no shirt, no problem. <laughs> um, in my head, we were just like on the cover of National <laughs> Nat Geo or Meru. Just how, <laughs> how big is the cliff? Take me to the cliff now. Map so it out. the cliffs. We're looking at them now, and we're trying to ide- <laughs> we're trying to identify like footholds. Like, yeah, I think we can put our foot in that that part. Zach somehow has a chalk bag. Where did you get that? <laughs> he doesn't share it. Get, bring your own. BYOC. Where'd you get those carabiners? <laughs> Just, um, PYOC. <laughs> so the cliffs are how many feet to get up? I mean, they range. So at their lowest, they're about 50 to 70 feet. Jeez, dude, this is a mistake. And they're not at a, a, a 90 degree angle, <laughs> but 
70 degree angle. Okay, so there's 20% to work with. Like there's some element (laughs) where you can kind of lean up against the rocks. Yeah. But they're gravelly and rocky and sandy. And you have no shoes. No shoes. Nothing. No safety net. Except the water, which will then throw you back into the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, like, you could fall in water. You'd survive 50 feet, 70 feet. But it could Um, potentially throw you back in or out to the ocean. Or onto rocks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More realistic. And so, one of us does, like, a quick, like, five-foot test. You know when you're, like... (laughs) treating fabric for a stain and then oxyclean says like you know test this out on a small piece of the fabric first to make sure it's not going to totally mess the shirt up i love that so the first test was a sham with the ocean the hat's gone so now what's the test one of us does a quick like (laughs) test scale of the cliffs do like a five foot like let's just see what this is like and i think they we get to the top we get to the five foot uh-huh. We get and so now that person I can't remember who does it. That person I think it's Zach, so he's like <laughs> above me, and his foot. He's like, this is fine, and he comes back down the five feet, and on his way back down, his foot like slips, and just like all this rock and <laughs> sand just descends. <laughs> Strapnel, just like a house made out of King Tut, just dry <laughs> and no structure. I love it. It's a lot of King Tut, <sighs> but I think. <laughs> If we were any younger, we'd be too afraid. And if we, any, if we were any older, we'd be too smart. Mm-hmm. But we're at this age where idiocy and irrational courage meet. <laughs> and those will be our engine up the cliff. Mm-hmm. And so we decide we cannot wait here any longer and we can't swim. And the only way out is up. <laughs> I love it. And so we start climbing. And again, it's not a strict 90 degree angle. This is not like... It's not... It's not Everest. It's not Everest. It's not free climbing, you know, some Himalayan peak. But it is, you know, a couple stories tall at least. And it is at a 70-ish degree angle. And so we have some element where we can kind of lean, like trust our bodies to wait, to weigh on the cliff. But if anything gives way, like mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's no harness, yeah. you're, you're sliding, you're, you're falling. Uh, and I feel like uh, you haven't, you still haven't mentioned the shoes. I keep bringing it up, but I feel like that's such a huge disadvantage. Like if you don't even have a pair <sighs> of Chacos or, I mean, you have nothing on your feet. Yeah, I we don't have anything on our feet, which I don't know though. In my head, it's like you get more grip if you just have your your bare toes. Oh, that's, I, my my feet are flinching right now, thinking about putting them on like a cliffside, barefooted. That freaks me out. You want to cruise up there with some Crocs on? <laughs> Maybe I just have millennial feet. I don't know <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't even walk around barefooted without my my slippers. I literally have um, <laughs> I have UGG slippers on right now. <laughs> I got a pair of UGGs for my dad for Christmas that are house slippers. They're the com- most comfortable thing ever. And you're talking about going up on a jagged cliff barefooted. <laughs> That's terrifying. I so remember. You, so you commit. We commit and we just start climbing. And again, it's like, we're too dumb to know that this is dumb. 
I, um, I love that quote. Any younger, we'd be too afraid. And any older, we'd be too smart. <laughs> That's an amazing quote. It's what else could like encapsulate what it is mm-hmm. to be a 16 year old boy. Exactly. Um, it's exactly right. And I remember getting halfway up and reaching what I thought was the hardest part and what I, I think is. And it was this part where there basically was no, um, like foothold, there was no logical foothold next. I mean, we're having to kind of manufacture these these hand and footholds. Mm-hmm. And so it was the point where you have to quite literally do the leap of faith, right? You almost have to like throw, if you're climbing at an indoor rock gym, you know this point because you're like, well, this if I'm going to fall, this is it. I kind of have to like leap to the next one mm-hmm. and just pray I grab it. And it was about, I don't know, 25, 30 feet up. I mean, it would have sucked to fall and potentially would have been, really life-changing um but i remember doing this leap and grabbing the next one and making it and thinking like oh well now i'm like if the rest is going to be home free and i'm pretty sure i went first you're doing the the open cross hang from mission impossible 2 the opening sequence where tom cruise signed a death warrant to do it oh my gosh (laughs) so I remember taking that last step and the top was, I remember I was really surprised it was like really grassy because I like reached my hand over the top of the cliff and, and grabbed a bunch of like really thick, like coastal weeds. And I pulled myself up and I just like thrust my body weight onto mm. this. And I remember thinking like, <laughs> so Zach was shortly there behind me and I remember thinking like, oh, cool, I made it, but also like, he sure better make it now. And I remember <laughs> thinking- Priority was, one is done. Priority two is now my focus. Like this would really suck if he didn't make it. I remember also thinking this is going to be very cinematic because I'm going to get the chance to like reach my hand down. <laughs> and kind of like last week with your Nathan mm-hmm. um, detention story, it's like you you kind of do want that moment sometimes on a mountain where you reach your hand down for your best friend and help mm-hmm. pull him up. And I kind of got it. How much did I, I probably like actually endangered him more than I helped him. I'm like, (laughs) I'm making him let go of, I'm like, you have to trust me. You give him your pinky. It's my strong finger. No, (laughs) don't, don't mess around. (laughs) The grass had a lot of dew on it. My hand was very slippery, but you give him a fake piece of turf somehow. Let it go. Frank him. He's like, he's like, no, I'll just come up on my own. I'm like fending him off with a stick. I'm like, no, the only way up here is through me. You have a a boat oar. Back. So what happens? The only way up here is if I help you and there's a newspaper (laughs) photographer standing by. Um, I I think it was a mix of like, I I extended my hand. He didn't need it. but Slaps it out of the way. It was mostly ceremonial. Like when the CEO cuts the ribbon at the construction site with (laughs) the the hard hat and the suit on. The ribbon doesn't cut. The scissors aren't sharpened enough. I love it. (laughs) So anyway, we we both make it to the top. Mm -hmm. And we kind of had to like hike our way back to the, to civilization. Cause now we're at the top of these cliffs in the grass and we're hiking on our way back and we're kind of stunned by the feet. We're like, Whoa, we were just in the ocean and now we're like so quickly we're out of danger and we're in safety and just like mm-hmm. how quick is the, and how permeable is the boundary between danger mm-hmm. and safety? Um, and I remember we were walking back and we say, Wait, we have nothing to show for this. Like who will who will believe us? In fact, I lost a hat. 
<laughs> we have nothing to show for this. Who will believe us? Mm. And we we're both wearing like white t-shirts and we both take our white t-shirts off and take rocks and rip the shirts. <laughs> and we said, what? well, now they'll believe us. <laughs> we both tore our shirts on the cliffs. Oh my gosh. Which That's is so, so unbelievable. And so we both made it, we both made it back with these torn white shirts and like both in the same place. They were like our armpits. Yeah, we both identical tears. Like blood brothers. Oh, that's and so funny. I two more things and then kind of the end of the story. <laughs> we at this point were like really, really cold. Mm. Um the temperature has totally changed. We've been in the water for so long. We're freezing. We ran back to the house we were staying at, which is probably like a 20 minute like run. And we run back barefoot and we just like run straight to the house inside and in our torn white shirts and bathing suits we just collapsed on the floor Uh, i think his parents were concerned but i don't think they really like understood the gravity of the situation we probably downplayed it a little bit because you don't want to like lose your freedom um and then kind of like my final thing is one thing i i glanced over i can't believe i missed this part um but i remember when we make it to the top of the cliff we like looked back down Mm. and i'm not making this up i swear this happened we looked offshore and a bit offshore there was a surfer one surfer alone sitting on his board watching us (laughs) and we look at him and he looks at us and he, he does the oh, surfer thing no. with the pinky and the thumb. Hang and 10. Just, he just does the hang 10 signal to us. Oh, the pinky and the thumb. I love it. Yeah. And he just looked at us and it was like this. Um, he saw it. Like this nod of approval from a local. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's automatically a local. So we're in with them now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lifetime membership. He's like extreme, dude. That's money. Nothing, nothing can uh, get me out of it. I'm in. <laughs> so he, you think he saw you climb the cliff? We think he watched us. Yeah, he was just offshore on his board, just just watching. Us. <laughs> He's like so mellow. This is a Tuesday afternoon. He's like, I I climb that thing with my board all <laughs> <Yeah>. the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, actually. That that would make me feel so much better if someone saw it and gave me yeah. a hang ten. Because he's too far away to talk to, right? Yeah, yeah. That's he's- all he could do. He's just surfing. I kind of forgot about that until now, actually. That's weird. Uh, but telling <laughs> the story kind of made me remember. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, I think, the first time I almost died. Uh, <laughs> and and Zach, Zach was with, uh, Zach almost died too, but um, still one of my best buds. We, I think that was the closest we came to ever dying. But um, oh we have a lot gosh. of good stories together. But this one was uh, kind of OG, one of the first times you... I think mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you're like exploring the woods, you think you die, you almost die a lot of times. You're like, oh yeah, I think that was a bear we saw and it, it wasn't. But this was one time I think we almost died and, and fortunately made it out alive. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't heard that story. That's a great story. It's well, an early story. I mean, it's like, it's clearly, what you're saying is clear, clearly true because you like, you romanticize that kind of, like 
the fact that you tore your shirts on rocks like says that you're rom- <laughs> still at that age like romanticizing that that could be cool whereas somebody who escapes from being lost in the woods for three days with a torn shirt is like you should never do that or like hope for that or you know yeah what- <laughs> all right so i have a, i have a few questions if you don't mind um yeah. What is it, do you think, because you and I have had, Ryan, actually our own experience in the ocean together where things got oh, like a yeah. little more serious than what we thought. What is it about the, I mean, for me, like the, unpre- maybe it's, that's why I love shark movies, but there's this like, there's something about the ocean. Like, what is it about the ocean for you? I mean, like, what, does that play into the story at all? This like, almost like this character of the ocean. <laughs> like, mm. um, Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. We're you and I are one hundred percent gonna do a Nantucket series one day <laughs> and tell our ocean story. Yeah, because that's a story. Um, I think th- yeah, the ocean is. You're, you're, I think that's right to call it a character. The ocean is um, at the risk of sounding completely trite, but it's just this totally mysterious force that mm-hmm. dominates the Earth. What seventy five percent of the Earth is water. Yeah, yeah. And yet we play with it. We literally play in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And especially when you're a kid, you you don't and can't fathom the magnitude of the ocean, what it's mm. capable of. And just like, we take for granted that there's this perceived, like agreed upon boundary between land, aka safety, and ocean, aka danger. Mm. And we call it the beach and the shore. And we're like, yeah, this exists and it's agreed upon by all parties. And it doesn't change, except it's not agreed upon by all parties. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> It seems right to us, but then the ocean modifies it and morphs it all the time, case in point. But, and yet the ocean does let us play with it. Um, mm. So it's, it's it, at the risk of getting too spiritual, it's almost like God. It's like this force that's capable of destroying, but also provides life and nurtures mm. and does more than that and gives fun. Um, and I've had a lot of some of the best times in my life. You know, just thinking back to like my youngest sister and I would like ride waves, just like body surf in Costa Rica a couple of years ago for like hours every day. And it was mm-hmm. so insane. And, but then also, clo- you know, close to death stories with Zach and with you. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know how to adequately summarize it, but that's kind of some ramble. That I like it. Yeah, that's great. There is this like, yeah, the, the unpredictability of the ocean is is always fast. And even just like, as it moves, like the c- different cultures perception of nature and the ocean. I, I mean, it's, it's how that changes and morphs and people like there are religions and, you know, beliefs built around the ocean. And I don't know, yeah. like there's, there's something about that for me that was like, I was listening to the story and I felt like I was on the jetty with you guys. And I, I don't mm. know there's just like, it weirdly in that moment, it feels like it got darker. Like you couldn't see as much. Yeah. It, it was colder. I, yeah. I don't know. There was more Everything of it. changed. <laughs> That's great. That's terrifying. In um, that moment we went through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> it was just everything changed and everything was darker and confusing. That's so funny. And, <laughs> So, so you, you mentioned, I want to, uh, one more question, kind of want to pull in on the, um, you tore your shirts on the rocks thing. Yeah. That's hilarious. I've done stuff like that before. What was behind that for you? So you had said like, we, we don't have anything yeah. to show for this. So was it like, was it like to prove something? Was it to have some sort of a, a souvenir? Was it like a pride thing? What, what was behind yeah. that, that for you as so a 16 year old? It was two things. One I mentioned and one I didn't. So first it was like to show 
his parents and his sister, who's his older sister, who's on the trip. Um, hey, look, this happened to us and we were in danger, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure they saw right through it too. <laughs> but second, and I remember this and I didn't mention it, but we like, I think for us, it was supposed to be like a keepsake, like a brotherhood, uh, mm-hmm. something that we could both take, like something we could both, like almost like a talisman that we could take with us. Because at this time we didn't, he lived in Connecticut and I lived in Texas. We were, you know, best friends and I had moved. Um, and it was a really tough move on me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I, I wanted this shirt. I could wear it and feel close to my best bud. Um, and when I was like a freshman in high school, so kind of young still. And we could kind of be like united, almost like this blood brothers thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember in this, ensuing you know a couple years when we would talk like a few times you'd be like you still got the shirt like oh i wore the shirt and um something happened to zach's first like the tear got bigger and then the shirt had to be thrown away because basically it was reduced to this massive gaping (laughs) hole and on mine this is disgusting but like i would wear it and like play tennis in it and then like the the repeated sweat in the armpit had dried to where it formed this like yellow crust. <laughs> oh no! Just like a creme brulee oh. under the armpits. <laughs> a waiter would come around and like blow torch it. Like, may I finish this off, sir? Excellent choice. Oh my god! That's effectively what was under my arms, and so that I had to is, throw it away. That is so sixteen year old. I love it. <laughs> but kind of in retrospect, again, I haven't really thought of this until now, but kind of sweet to think back and, and think about the ways that you try and stay connected with people, whether mm. it's through material objects or, or whatever. Mm. Yeah, man. Wow. That's like, great. Like that's a great You answer. and I have this podcast now <laughs> <laughs> forever, forever be united. Yes. Well, and I don't know, I think even like the last actually two stories that we told, um, the one where you're, uh, the, the ghost story with you and your dad, the Saturday detention story last week with Nathan and I, we're kind of, yeah, it's almost, it feels like we're in the, um, we have this run of stories now of like doing something with one other person, like what that yeah. experience oh, is like. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it almost feels like the tearing of the shirts. I was wondering like, is this their attempt to like share this bonding experience with like other people, which like ultimately isn't going to work. Like yeah. they're just not going to get it. Or like, I could just see like Zach's sister who I have no idea. What's her name? I don't know who she is. I've never met her. Jordan. Um, Jordan. Yeah. I could just see Jordan like at the dinner table, like later that night, just being like, well, I'm so glad you guys survived your cliff. <laughs> your experience. adventure. Yeah. Just like making fun of you. Um, like not she probably did that. It was yeah. real at all. Get, major, get- major crush on her when I was a 16 year old. She's <laughs> yes. just, she was older and more popular and beautiful. She's getting married next month. I'm going to the wedding in Mexico, presumably to stop it. I don't know. <laughs> when, the, when the priest asked if anybody objects, that's my cue. <laughs> Touch JK, touch JK. (laughs) The older sister crush. I love it. Oh, uh, it's such a trope. (laughs) It's a great trope. What um, practical question for you? Total time lapsed between the start of the swim to the return to for the shower. It had to be about an hour and a half. Oh, that's a long time. Probably like an hour in the water ish, and then like thirty minutes running back to. Yeah, how long um, was that tr- that trip back from the cliff? Yes, it had to be, you know, about 10 minutes walking through the the kind of grass down back down to civilization and then 
I mean, about 20 minutes kind of Jeez. fast walking slash jogging yeah. Um, yeah. barefoot back to the beach. Um, oh, man. Yeah, this it. this was it was it was kind of a quintessential magical summer. Again, mm-hmm. I, I hate that so many of my stories end with like me bashing technology. Obviously, I love technology, but I'm really glad my youth was spent kind of mm-hmm. pre-internet and cell phones because a lot of these experiences, it was just we were out there because we didn't have anything better to do. Um, yeah. And we couldn't yeah. escape in our minds. Yeah. Dude, right? I was like literally just telling somebody that my wife is doing, um, she's not bringing her cell phone into the bedroom anymore. And I was like, it. I was like making fun of her the other day for this. I'm still doing this. I'm not, she's doing it alone. <laughs> but face is like, illuminated. <laughs> drop the phone on my face first night. No, but as she's, as I've seen her do this, I've actually seen like her vibe is changing a little bit. Mm. Um, and it was, I had the thought today of like, man, sometimes you just have to do that stuff to like remember who you were without it because we yeah. did have that time where it wasn't around and you had to like the earliest time I, we had it, it was dial up and it was a pain yeah. to get on it. It was like the phone was cut out. Your, mo- your older you know, your brother mom got kicked like, off. Oh yeah. You kick someone. I mean, it was like a whole, th- you have to listen to a bird dying for 30 seconds to, to get on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Oh, yeah, I'll never forget that sound. It's, it's ready terrifying. for a liftoff. Like, what was that? <laughs> All that to say, um, yeah, we're not Luddites. Obviously we're, ty- we're doing a podcast over Skype, yeah. <laughs> um, between two States, which is kind of cool, but yeah, there's, there is kind of something about that. Like, you were so incredibly present for those 90 minutes. There's no way not, not to be present. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can get back there. Um, All of your faculties are in, you know, there still. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. probably would never have found ourselves in that situation today because we would have had phones in our pockets and would have been afraid to get it wet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which would have served us well in the long run. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the hang 10 on the... For oh, some, yeah. you, you didn't mention it, but like I imagine the surfer, the sun was setting and it's like the silhouette of the surfer <laughs> against like a, a giant red sun just doing the... <sighs> with like a 50-foot shadow. Okay. Yeah, just and he just yeah. vaporizes. He disappears. <laughs> he disappears. <laughs> Didn't work out for him in the end. It's, he got eaten by a shark. But it's, he's Brian from the longboarding episode. He's Brian. He's definitely <laughs> he's, Brian. He's out there just surfing solo. Whoa! I love it, dude. Um, man, this was fantastic. Just, yeah. oh man, I yeah, I have nothing else to add other than I, I got, really enjoyed the story. I want to end on a request, listeners. If you sure. have stories about, I want to call it like like shirt cutting moments with your best friends. Um, <laughs> it could be anything. I don't know. It, it, yeah. Any, it doesn't have to be life or death. Just something like a moment where you guys were like, we're blood brothers or blood sisters or like we are yeah. for life together and, yep. and, and we're going to mark it or initiate it or commemorate it somehow. Let us know. <laughs> I, I want to hear yeah. best friend stories. Um, it could be small. It could be a picture. It could be whatever. Just, just let us mm-hmm. know. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, hit us up. Email connectedbardodeath.com. Send us your stories. Um, Ryan, thank you for this. Bard Ryan, fantastic story. I was not barred to death. Um, I do want to say we one of the things that we've uh, started to, to work towards or something new that we're doing called um, micro stories. These are going to be drop kind of sporadically on Thursdays as we have them. These are times when you know, you guys have shared stories with us. Um, and we want to read and share those stories, uh, with, you know, back with you guys, with other people in the, in the bard community. So please send us your stories. If you have something like this, we'd love to hear it. And, uh, I guess till next week.
Yeah, you know, one last thought. You know, what would have made sure. my cl- my ascent of the cliff a little easier. Uh huh. If I had a wine vine. <laughs> uh, this is the wine vine. I'm Stephanie or whatever. <laughs> I love Stephanie. that character. Oh, I'm so sorry for all the uh, Stephanies out there. I hate. I hated to use your name. Were you Carol the Cork? That was good. Carol the Cork. We we love our <laughs> Stephanies and Carol listeners. We do. So. I actually have a very close friend named Stephanie who listens to this. So. Not anymore. Shout out. But. <laughs> all right. All right. Smell you later. We'll be back next Monday with a fresh story that you won't want to miss. So don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or our website, barredtodeath.com. And if you're really vibing us, consider writing us a review in the iTunes store. Have a story of your own that you'd like to share with Ryan and I? Email it to us at connect at barredtodeath.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Our outro music is graciously provided by Ryan's band, We Are Tall Boys. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. Until next time, we hope our story in some way helps you find the humor, beauty, and truth in your own story. I'm Colin Abshapair, and this has been Bard to Death. There's me and there's nature. What's it for, legislators?